0: This is the way. We want it men. Bring the energy. <laughs>
1: morning, Jason. Are you awake this morning?
0: I am not awake. How about you?
1: <laughs> I was able to take a shower, so I'm good. I oh, messaged- me too. So
0: I guess we're, yeah. we're, we're doing good today.
1: <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you start using videos for this stuff. You got to take showers and make sure you're dressed properly and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. You don't have to do your hair, so you don't even have to shower. No one's gonna know.
1: <laughs> They're gonna know.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> At least right, I'll if know. You say I'll... so. Uh, I do have this nice. My
0: performance thing. severely lacks when I don't take a shower. Yeah.
1: Uh, Are your Starbucks today's?
0: uh today no, it's just regular Newman's Own coffee. No uh, Starbucks today.
1: But what were you gonna say about today? Or that was what you today's
0: program is brought to you by Irish Spring. <laughs>
1: Aye.
0: the soap that makes us do this podcast powerfully i guess yes. i don't know <laughs> we're off the rails already
1: <laughs> i don't even know
0: what rails we're supposed
1: to be on this morning all i know is it's boba fett yeah. talk about yesterday but we haven't yeah yeah so how's your week been
0: good uh uneventful which is i guess a good thing i mean no news is good news sometimes. And up until yesterday, I had nothing to report on pickups for the week. And then right. yesterday happened and a Ooh. lot happened.
1: <laughs> there was a lot. I expected a lot of stuff. Okay. So our buddies over, uh, Justin and Jason TK over at Atlanta vintage had a yard sale. They picked up a lot and I guess it's just, uh, it, it makes a lot more sense for them to just open it up and, you know, put a box, uh, put a bunch of boxes out. Justin has a, a commercial property. So he just puts a bunch of boxes out at the commercial property and let's everybody go through them. So uh, you have an opportunity to see stuff that not many people have seen before. And it was a lot of stuff and a lot of people. And it was a fun morning, good way to kill. I could have spent another hour there going, probably going through boxes, but I'm glad. Yeah. We but I, we did.
0: Yeah. I had to leave. I mean, I, I had a step budget when I got there. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have a set budget, I would have done a lot of damage. There was figures and pieces that I could have fit in my collection back here. And it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, the good thing is I don't think a lot of people are looking for that stuff. So maybe you can hit it next time.
0: Yeah, a lot of it was modern. I mean, that's a good portion of the Star Wars stuff was modern. They did have a lot of vintage Star Wars stuff.
1: They had a lot. I didn't see any. um... Go ahead.
0: Let me amend that a little bit further. A lot of the vintage Star Wars stuff was open. Right. And all the modern stuff was still in boxed and in pretty decent condition. So, there, that's a good description of what it was.
1: Right. They had they it looked like they might have picked all the, hold on. Like, yeah. Uh, cause they had like a set of tables that it looks like they set a lot of the good stuff on. And that stuff was the good stuff. I mean, like the box stuff. And I didn't see a whole lot of men on card stuff unless I, cause I, I'm blind to that because that's not what I collect um so, but maybe they put that stuff away or put it, or somebody come through and got it because we got there right at 10 o'clock and there was already a line and as we're getting out the car we hear them announcing and telling everybody to come in and there was stuff on like their live video that mandy was like oh man they had this stuff and we were there five minutes after they opened and it was already gone uh so yeah. because they had like some caulk board that uh you know like the Cockboard stuff, the cutouts and stuff uh, that I kind of been looking for. And I think it's just because I'm aggravated because I missed out, out of out uh missed out on them at Toylana. Um, because a guy had them and I thought they were part of a bookshelf. And I went back on Sunday at Toylana and he was like, I was like, oh man, you sold the cutouts. Oh yeah, they weren't part of that. They were for sale. I was like, damn it. Uh, because you know, they were just cutouts of the characters, and I think they look cool. Um, but anyway it 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 was a it was a fun show we we like we you said we had set a budget and we went over it but i uh you know (laughs) we always go over it it's funny my wife will spend more money on star wars than i do but i'm not complaining
0: right don't complain just go for the ride
1: yeah that's that's what i've learned man what uh what you pick up
0: so at the garage sale uh i picked up three promotional pieces for episode one. They are soda cans, but they're like three and a half feet tall. Yeah. They're inflatable. Um, one's a Pepsi, a, a regular Pepsi can with Qui-Gon gin. One is a Mountain Dew Pepsi can, uh, Mountain Dew. One is, <laughs> one is a Mountain Dew can with Jar Jar Binks on it. And the last one is the gold one. So there was a chase varying it in Pepsi cans during episode one. It was a gold Yoda. So the last one is gold Yoda. I filled them up yesterday just to see what they looked like. The gold Yoda seems to have deflated this morning. uh Oh, so I need to do the whole soapy water in the bathtub to try to find the holes so I can fix it. Because uh, I was telling, I was telling the kids yesterday that I've always wanted the gold Yoda can, and now I have it. But now I get apparently it's deflating, so I got to take care of that.
1: <laughs> womp womp
0: womp womp. Hopefully um, it'll
1: be easy enough fix.
0: Yeah. I also have a, I guess I have a run of the original trilogy on VHS one last time before the special editions, all the marketing materials. Cause I've got the standy I've got that transparency and they also had some posters at the garage sale. And so I picked up one of those posters. So now I have three pieces of that marketing campaign.
1: Hey, that's how, yeah, it, that's I'm, how I uh, run starts, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just going with where the water takes me, I guess. <laughs> um, I got a May the Force Be With You 1977 pin. And I distinctly remember as a child playing with, I didn't know what it was called, so I can never search it. I didn't know how to describe it. I can never find it on YouTube. It's Presto Magic. And what it was, it's Return of the Jedi. It's um, a sheet of paper that you unfold. And then there's these, it's almost like stickers, but, the way you get them to stick on the the sheet of paper is you have a pen. It's it's the shape of a pen. It's just a plastic pen and you scratch um, on one side of a transparency. The other side is the sticker. So as you scratch the image goes onto the uh, sheet of paper. Does that make sense? Yes. And they have all these different characters from return of the Jedi and it's the shield bunker from return of the Jedi. And so you would just place your characters on the sheet and then you would scratch them off and you're, essentially developing your own scene from return of the jedi it's weird because there is leia and bausch and here we are at the uh shield generator bunker
1: (laughs) i don't think they cared
0: no no they don't care but it was complete it was open but it was complete um unused again it was one of the five things i distinctly remember playing with as a child and I, i always told myself if i found that that's one piece that i have to get and so I got that, and I was extremely ecstatic about it. It's it's funny how sometimes the smallest things can make you happy. It's not right. necessarily the one of the kind pieces. Sometimes it is the smaller things that that really.
1: It's all the oddball stuff that.
0: Yeah, and then my last piece is the original trilogy Sandcrawler, which was a previews exclusive. I don't even remember what previews is if that was a toy magazine or a website, but that was. Um, pre-episode 3 it was like right before episode 3 so that's what I got cool oh I also got in the mail yesterday Migs Mayfield Black Series that's the Bill Burr figure
1: he looks like a mud trooper
0: yeah because he's in disguise if you tip him up you can see Migs you can see his neck and you can see his chin Okay, So he's in there. They just package him with the helmet on.
1: (laughs) Hey, way to save 10 cents on packaging, right?
0: I guess, yeah. It's one less (laughs) hole you have to press into. I mean, there is a spot to his left, to his right, that he could have put the mask, but whatever. Right. And then I also on Deal or No Deal a couple weeks ago, I got two um, prototype uh, Mm micro-machines, Han on a Tauntaun. Uh, one is all black and the other one is like a transparent white. It's not, it's a milky white, I guess is the best way to describe it because it's not complete white, but it's something weird. So that's what I got this week. Awesome. It was a pretty good week. Yeah,
1: I had a pretty decent week too. Yeah, uh, yeah my, uh, my daughter came back from Alaska. She was in Alaska over Christmas and we did Christmas with her. Uh, where she did Christmas with us she, every, I guess she picked some stuff up for us while she was in Alaska. And she bought me the, uh, the Ronin book, which I thought was comics, but it's like a normal book um, from the, the first, vi- or whatever they call it was it visions, the anime stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. From that, the Jedi, the not Jedi I samurai Jedi thing pick that book up. She gave me uh, one of the Bandai um, Mandalorian in Beskar um the model kits and then she gave me like this dice game that i guess you read along and roll the dice and depending on what you roll is where you go uh book type thing so that was kind of cool i'm putting together the i'm about i'm pretty much done with the beskar mandalorian but that thing was a pain in the ass because you got like little bitty stickers that are like microscopic that you need tweezers and a you know, you it got to the point where I, I'm like, F it, I can't do this. And he's just not gonna have these stickers on parts of his because like the ammo belt, they they want you putting stickers on the top of the ammo and the bottom of the ammo, and you know, they're little microscopic stickers. So it just it doesn't work. Right. And uh but it's still it's it's it looks better than any of the Black Series stuff that's out there. It's got a bunch of uh the the accurate accuration. Acu- acu- but the movement or articulation is insane on it because it's got ball joints and stuff. Mm. Um, and then at the sale yesterday, I I don't even remember what all I picked up because my wife's stuff and what my stuff just kind of got thrown together. But uh, I picked up a bunch. She had a bunch of ratted out wampas. So I picked those up as I went because yep. they were kind of spread all over the place. Up, I saw one, I, I picked it up just so I can army build crappy wampas, which <laughs> you can see them all right there. <laughs> um i picked up like i think three or four of those and i picked up a watch uh, another darth vader watch it's actually you know kids watch it's, it's actually really cool looking it, i think it's actually analog i haven't i need to dig it out and look at it again but it's got darth you know a picture of darth vader on it and a de- i think a death star or the imperial cog uh picked up some odds and ends. she picked up some ewok Uh. Um, erasers and just oddball. I think she picked up an Ewok pin. Uh I know she picked up like four plush Ewoks, that was her big find. And then she picked up like an Ewok, it's like a globe and you pop it up and the Ewok spreads out uh, on a on a hang glider or something. Yeah. But what else? I don't Oh, and I picked up a micro machine, like a some sealed micro machine uh fig not my yeah, micro, micro collection. collection you are gonna get me one day micro collection, um, figures. I think they're from the gantry, but I have to, I haven't put them together yet. Cause we, uh, as soon as we dropped you off, we came and chilled out for a minute and then we went out to dinner with the, uh, with the family. And then we went up, I went back up to retro toy shop because Mandy wanted to go see it and I bought more stuff. So I, uh, they let me go back through that collection they had. And I picked up a couple of pieces that I, uh, was kind of haunting me. Cause they had a layer unused Leia soap, and yeah. So I, I wanted that. And I picked up like a mug and a a, a plate mug and bowl type thing. And then I, I was going to make an offer on that Darth Vader lives shirt. Yeah. But I forgot how much t-shirts can get. And she's like, the only one I see is like 150 bucks. And I was like, for that, you can keep it.
0: Right. So, it's not worth that for fabric.
1: No, but t- dude, I don't know if you, have you paid attention to any of the vintage t-shirts? No, they get expensive fast, Do like they? thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. If you find like what they, they, what they call, like if you look on the stitching, like right here on your arm, if, yeah. if you find like a single stitch shirt, that's like automatically goes up. And it was a sing, what they, you know, single stitch because normally nowadays they're double stitched uh, around the sleeves, around the bottom of the sleeves and around the bottom of the, of the shirt. Yeah. And uh, apparently those go for crazy money and, That was one of them and it looked like crap, but I'm as soon as she said what it was and, and you know, my mind starts thinking, I'm like, yeah, that shirt's probably worth some money, even though it looks like shit because it's been washed one too many times.
0: Probably. It's still a cool shirt. Yeah. It was a cool
1: shirt. I think he had, he had some up. They yesterday. They had some pins and stuff that like the Darth Vader lives pins. And sometimes you, you go back and you kick yourself for not throwing little stuff like that in a pile because you get, a pretty good deal and then you realize you probably could have got the same deal with the little a couple of more little items thrown in there or you know may paid a few more dollars and yeah, yeah. But it was a fun day yesterday
0: it was a blast thank you for atlanta vintage toys putting that on and i look forward to going to the next one
1: yeah it's funny because uh you posted a video and like 10 seconds into the video you pan and my wife has just got armloads of plushy walks yeah
0: I left that in just for you guys. <laughs> Love at first sight. <laughs> yeah.
1: She, and it was funny because she was like, that's where she knew there was a tub full of Ewoks. And it's like, she beelined that tub as soon as we got there. But I did the same thing. Cause he had a micro, some micro collection stuff. And I was hoping he'd have, uh, have some sealed stuff, but it was all sealed. It was, they were all in incredible condition, but they were open and you could tell they'd either been displayed or open and they weren't played with. But they had all been opened and the figures had been opened. I mean, if they were yeah. open and unused, it'd be one thing. But with them open and the figures open, the figures bags cut and stuff, I just I it's not what I'm trying for right now. I want more right.
0: sealed stuff. But right. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great day. Can't complain. We,
1: no, we, we can complain about one thing.
0: Was that the, with the weather? No. It was very cold yesterday.
1: The big announcement Hasbro made for Toy fair, no big bring home the bounty. Oh, well, (laughs)
0: has well, yeah, Hasbro's (laughs) announced that they're stepping out of toy fair, so I'll just bring that up because I said I just said it, but yeah, bring home the bounty was a repack of the uh prototype Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, I don't understand, I don't, I don't understand why the hell they did that. I, and I think. It, it, it annoys me because they are, you know, they make a big deal about something and then, Oh, we're, we're bringing back this figure.
0: Yeah. And they also have the archive wave. So why, why do some figures get into that box and some figures get into archive wave? I don't get it. And then the other thing, I guess, I guess with the archive wave, those are the ones that are expensive on the aftermarket because that prototype Darth Vader, uh, Darth Vader prototype Boba Fett is only like 30 bucks on the aftermarket. It's really not, the big draw that it once was because when it first came out it was tough to find at least for me and uh-huh. it was difficult to purchase on the secondary market without having to pay an exorbitant amount of money but yeah i mean i don't know it, it kind of fizzled out it's kind of sad that they fizzled out the bring home the bounty they didn't go out with a bang um yeah. they just went out with the repack
1: <laughs> a repack. jeez dude I, yeah it was it was a bummer man i i was not impressed with it it after all the bitching that we've done about repacks and how they're listening to the fans and all of a sudden it's like hey we're ending it with the repack
0: well i mean to be fair to hasbro it does take 18 months to produce a figure and this was probably in the works before then although it is a december 2022 release
1: <laughs> oh okay so we only have to wait a year for it
0: yeah that's that's another thing but yeah i mean it is what it is. It's it's just part of the game. If you don't like the figure, you don't buy it. I'm thinking about selling off my credit collection. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting the new ones, so why bother having these? Right. I don't know. I got that heavy trooper. I don't know how much he's worth, but... It's I... just taking up shelf space. And if I'm not going to be complete, why have these four? Right. And I don't like the repacks. I don't know. We'll We'll see. It's something that I've been playing around with. And then uh, Galaxy's Edge, there's new action figures there. There's a, a blind droid pack with R2 units and BB units.
1: Yep. I'm and those sure many... have actually, somebody posted today, I was reading somebody's post, those are actually droids that are hidden throughout the Droid Depot. Oh, are they? Yeah. That's awesome. So like that chopper, where you thought that it was the Imperial chopper hiding in Droid Depot. No, it's whatever chopper they just released. It's not a chopper it's like blue instead of black but he looks black in the droid depot okay or at least that's what they said i don't i'll call him chopper the imperial disguise because that's what he is to me
0: there's also a four pack so it has uh disney does this every so often to coincide with the movie release they'll do like four droids from the last jedi four droids from solo four droids from rise of skywalker and now they've done four droids from the mandalorian and in I think i want this pack because it comes with that fairy boat droid that looked really cool yeah like an r2 unit with like for lack of a better term ig legs and ig arms i just thought that was a cool mashup it's something we've never seen and that's definitely out of a used universe because they just mashed up two droids to make that one so that's right. available
1: um yeah I do want to announce – I'm going to try to keep up with shows, the the like the toy shows that are coming up. Uh, the most – the ones we've got right now that are, like, in the next – till June. October, there's some shows in Cincinnati, but I'm not going to really – like, October 1st, there's a Xenia show and then a, one, another show in Cincinnati on the 2nd, so it's the same weekend. Right now, they're the same weekend. I don't know if they're going to change it or not. I'm hoping they kind of keep it the same weekend because it'll make a hell of a toy run mm-hmm. uh, weekend, but – uh, right now, we've got Toylana uh, is March 18th and through the 20th in uh, Marietta. And then in Augusta, there's Joe Fest, June 24th and 26th through 26th. Both of those are killer shows if you guys can make them.
0: Let's see what I can do.
1: Yeah. It's your wife's birthday on every Toylana weekend. You're like, it's, it's the yeah. birthday.
0: So I got to figure out what we're doing. Because I have to be part of their... Uh, I'm part of the the art auction. I'm kind of handling that, I guess. So I got to be yeah. there to make sure everything's set up and everything looks good. A lot of that's going to be pre work. I don't think I need to be there the day of, but
1: no, I think like I, what I'm going to do. I'm going to need help on Friday night setting it all up. I can help day with
0: day. that. And then like Toylanta itself. Had I not done that interview, uh-huh. I was done by noon. I mean, that's a nine to noon thing. I didn't feel like I needed to stay if it wasn't for the the booth. And the after swap meet, I probably would have left at noon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could feel that at Toyland. I think with most toy shows, you kind of go through it, you know, a few times, and then you take a break, and you go through it one more time, and then it's the FOMO kicks in. So you got to kind of keep circling and circling and circling, hoping you'll find that one item you've been wanting. Yeah
0: but joe fest
1: joe fest go ahead yeah when we went to joe fest it took us what an hour and a half to walk through it the first time
0: yeah and that was worth it because (sighs) there's so many booths Mm -hmm. that you miss stuff so it's good to go back through but if there's something you really want on that first run through you've got to buy it
1: yeah that's sort of been my rule even if i know i'm going to a toy show and something pops up because chance kind of pulled chance from second chance pulled me aside one time or we were talking and I said, yeah, I was going to buy this, but I had another toy run that I was doing. And he goes, never do that again. Just freaking buy it and worry about the toy run later because that item may never show back up again. Yep. Oh, yep. That's sort of my mantra, what I try to live by.
0: Uh, and then the last piece of news, Disney apparently run out of the carrying sleeves they use <laughs> when they give out lightsabers at Savi's yeah. junkyard and guests were seen with lightsabers and plastic bags instead of that black bag with the lightsaber logo on it. Allegedly, it's a supply chain supply chain issue, and I think that's the case because Disney's now offering a 10% discount to those that say something.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: So if you're building that lightsaber, let Disney know, you know you're upset that there's no bag to walk away with, and apparently they're giving you a, a 10% discount. So just something to be aware of.
1: Yeah, that sucks because at least they're doing the 10% discount because when when you're justifying spending that much on a lightsaber, that bag comes into effect. You know, I, I know it's only a $20 or $30 bag, but you know, you add that into the $20, $15, $20 pin, and then yeah. you've got the experience, which to me is worth $50 to $75. And then you've got the lightsaber, which is worth another 120 to 150. You're coming out on the plus side when you're paying two to 250 on, or what is it, 220 now for the lightsaber? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's worth it, especially if you're a big time Star Wars nerd.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Yeah, it's a fun thing to do at least once. I want to do it. I'm trying to debate doing it again, but and then okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say this then i'm gonna shut up because <laughs> i don't want to go on another disney tangent it does suck it does feel like it's just a big money grab the whole situation because that's what 90 percent of galaxy's edge is you know stepping back you're looking at it going yeah if you're not spending money it's kind of boring
0: yeah I, uh, there was a a disney um because disney surveys people and they try to get a understanding of the the people that attend the parks and there was a survey asking about the 50th anniversary which is ongoing right now and the questions were what did you think of the food uh were you able to find the food um uh, do you th- <laughs> it was a question about like what's wrong with the 50th essentially so it's like what do you think of our snacks could you find the snacks do you know where the snacks are uh what do you think of the merchandise do you like the merchandise or the other question was like there was not enough characters like the The point of the survey, the the focus was like the issue that Disney sees this as is there's not enough food or there's not enough merchandise. And that's the reason why the 50th isn't is kind of fizzling out right now. It's not the fact that they don't have rides, that the characters are not out, that they're nickel and diming everything. It's from Disney's point of view. It's like, did you not like the cupcake? What what more do you want?
1: (laughs) You don't want to pay twelve dollars to jump the line.
0: Right. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's all that whatever we don't don't need to bash on Disney right so I I had a quick game to play with you Um, yes characters on the sail barge so recently we saw that we think Max Rebo's alive I mean we think that's Max Rebo that we see in the book of Boba Fett Boba Fett's alive I mean these are two characters that survived the sail barge and so I thought I'd run through characters that were known to be on the sail barge and you tell me if you think they lived or died and there's no for a couple of them, there is a, a correct answer. But for the most part, um, there is no right answer. It's just what do you think? All right. So the first character, Bosk, he was on the sail barge. Do you think he lived or died? I think he's alive. Yeah. Just,
1: I think it'd, it'd be stupid for Lucasfilm to kill him.
0: Yeah, and there's tons of transdosions on Book of Boba Fett. I just feel like at some point, you know, he's going to show up. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Dengar was on the uh, sail barge. There's, I'm gonna say he lived because there's a rumor there was a
1: a character in, yeah. I guess, Force Awakens, one of the sequels, that people feel is Dengar with like a whole bunch of uh, upgrades, for a lack yeah. of better term.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Rise of Skywalker, and there's a character there that they kind of allude to as Dengar in in one of the visual dictionaries. And they kind of think Dengar's trying to stay alive and he's, you know, all cyborg now. So, right. So with Max Rebo, we got Droopy McCool.
1: I think Droopy's with, I think he'd be in there with Max Rebo because I've been in enough bands. And when you got a good vibe going with the guy, you kind of bring him to on your next project. So I'm going to say he's gone.
0: Yeah. I think that's pretty given. Uh, F Mon, do you know who that is? No, he's a big dude. He's got a long snout is that like the elephant looking dude that yeah, he's the elephant looking dude
1: oh i will just say he's dead
0: yeah i think so too because he's because of his size yeah hermy odell which is like a is another big dude but he's got a like a long wormy head his tongue was sticking out
1: uh, i'm trying to did you freeze probably Okay, no, no. no, you were just, no, no, no you're good. Um, let's just say he's dead, because, yeah, I don't know what he looks like.
0: Ishi Tib, uh he was, last last figure he was is uh, Power of the Force 2. He's a green head with a beak. He's kind of got like a, I don't know, pointed ears kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I've been saying everybody's dead, I'll say he's alive.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's no right answer for the Great. most part. Jay Jay Quilly is a warthog looking dude
1: uh we'll say dead
0: um oh, some of these are yeah so like kitaba and Clatu were both uh on the skiff
1: did, who, who which one went into the sarlacc
0: i don't remember
1: i think some of those i think some I of the
0: i didn't cross check that
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think some of the henchmen did okay because they show back i think you're going to have a lot of them show back up in, in book of Boba. I think if you were a main character, uh you're going to be all right. Cause they're going to bring you back in book of Boba. And I think it'd be cool as crap. If you saw like boss with some, uh with some battle scars from yeah. the Sarlacc or from the, from that or whoever comes back, you'd see, you know, battle scars from that.
0: All right. I'm going to skip then the skiff guard guys. Cause for the most part, they either were faced Luke Skywalker as a Jedi Knight there's or they just blew up in the the sail barge i'm just gonna skip the rest of those guys um malakili the uh, rancor keeper um
1: i think he well he's dead now but yeah i guess because he's a big dude we'll say he
0: he's dead he lived did he yeah there's a book that covers his life after the sail barge oh, and yeah, he's but- like- he was ruined because he didn't have anything to, to do. He didn't have anything to look after. And that's when someone gives him... Was it a hutling to look after?
1: I don't remember, but now Baby that you say or... that, wasn't it in the same thing, in the same book that Cobb Veth come back? Yes.
0: Yep. Okay. Womp, womp. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Max Rebo. Do you think Max Rebo... Do you think that is Max Rebo or not?
1: I think it is.
0: All right. Pody Snitkin, Snitkin is another character that they made a, an action figure for in Power of the Force 2. Which one was he? Uh, I'm trying to describe him. He's kind of like a... He's got like shoulders like a, a football player, like shoulder pads. He's got a round head. He's kind of grayish.
1: Let's say he lived.
0: Okay. re the the three-eyed guy.
1: I think he lived because I think they're going to put him... I think they're going to put him in Book of uh,
0: squid, uh, Yak Yakface.
1: I think he's dead because we would have already seen him because that's too big of a uh, an Easter egg. We would have seen him already.
0: Uh, Squidhead? Tessic? Dead. Uh, Gargan, your, your favorite lady? Oh, with the six boobs? Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure if I pronounced her name right.
1: Uh, let's say she's dead.
0: Last but certainly not least, my boy. Salacious Crone.
1: Oh, that that MF ran away like a he probably was shot <laughs> boom out of the thing and ran away. You know, I
0: think he was too loyal to Jabba and he's too stupid to do anything other than to sit by Jabba as the thing blew up. Oh. As much as I hate to say that, but so yeah, that's all the characters. I, I left out all of the uh the weak ways, the wolves, the Nikto, um clat to Kitaba, i guess because who knows i can't keep them straight they all kind of look alike it's tough to tell them apart
1: right hell even hasbro had issues or kenner had issues with it
0: yeah. lucasfilm had issues it wasn't until like you know, reading that vintage collection book it was kind of like late 2000s when lucasfilm finally said okay look this guy's named this this guy's got a different something so he's named this and they kind of sat down and differentiated them all Jeez. same thing with the Ewoks too
1: oh geez I can't even don't even get me started with Ewoks
0: yep yeah, so that's uh that's that game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean it's curious to see who lived who didn't uh with the book of Boba I feel like there's a couple more secrets around the corner for us I, I don't know why I think that but Maybe it's just all the winking that John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Robert Rodriguez have been doing with some of the Easter eggs that, you know, there's all these trans and are we going to finally see Bosque? Are they going to hire someone to track down Boba Fett? If we look at the um, the previews uh, for the book of Boba Fett, some things we haven't seen yet is that dinner scene where, where uh, Boba sits down with all of the uh, lieutenants, I guess, of Jabba's empire. Right. And there's the shot of Fennec and Boba looking at the Slave One or the fire spray, whatever you want to call it. And then there's also that shot, that tracking shot of the Slave One panning by the camera. We haven't seen that yet. So for some reason, Boba's going to have to go off world, I I think. Maybe. I I think some of these characters might come into play.
1: Yeah, we can get into my feelings on Book of Boba Fett when we get into it because yeah i i I, there's john rodriguez lied to us he said that we've already we should have already seen all the previews everything that was in the previews yeah he did robert rodriguez Um, sorry
0: episode two of the book of boba fett is called the tribes of tatooine which to me sounded a lot like gangs of new york it was directed by steph green i'm not familiar who that person is um i've never seen any, any of their work before um and i should have done some research prior to this podcast but
1: why would whatever. we do research like, for a podcast i don't know
0: maybe to make ourselves sound authentic and and know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah let
1: me i'm looking her up yeah i have no clue imdb all right so keep talking i'm gonna look Is She what did, what did she do oh she's done america uh, some americans did some watchmen the l word dare me oh. So she's done some good stuff. I enjoyed. I've never watched The Watchmen, the HBO thing that just came out. Well, Watchmen was, was amazing. Well, you're the the series or the movie. The
0: series off? is amazing.
1: I it's on my list, but I just never get around to it. And I really dug The Americans. That was an awesome show. So, yeah. Well, she did. Watchmen and, was
0: like. Watchmen was like, why would you make a sequel? Why would you have the gall, the cojones? To make a sequel to the greatest comic book ever, you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, they far exceeded my expectations. It was a masterpiece.
1: Yeah. She's done some good stuff. She's done Bates Motel, the TV series Scandal, Preacher, You're the Worst. Good. Luke Cage. So she's done some good stuff.
0: So, so she's uh, directed an episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Yes. We, we open on that familiar uh, long ramp leading up to Jabba's palace. Fennec is bringing one of the assassins that she captured in the previous episode up to the main gate. The gate opens and we see it from the inside. It's a very familiar image. I mean, we probably know that seemed like the back of our hand because of Return yeah. of the Jedi.
1: And I've, I've got to say something. I mean, I'm going to just intera- yeah. you know, interrupt you whenever because that's sort of what we do. Why the hell haven't they got a speeder bike yet? or a speeder or something to walk because it seems like, or something to drive because it seems like a really long walk to town.
0: Uh, Maybe they use the speeder to rush Boba back and she didn't have one.
1: Okay. But it doesn't even seem like they have one getting out there, but
0: we don't know that they might park it outside of town.
1: (laughs) There's a corral when you get in where you walk into town.
0: Yeah, maybe. The assassin doesn't want to answer any of Boba Fett's questions. Um, they threaten to chop his head off. He says Jupa which I guess is a is a cuss word, and I don't know if that's Huttese or or what. But um, he doesn't he doesn't reply to he doesn't respond to his head being cut off. So they decide to send him down to the rain and as the rain gate,
1: he actually has the balls to lean into the sword.
0: Does he? I didn't. Yeah, he
1: leans into the sword. Sorry.
0: Well, for whatever reason, he's not afraid of the knife, but he's afraid of the raincore because as it opens up, um, he starts to speak and says that the mayor sent him. We learn that he's an assassin from Night's Wind, and they also tell him uh, there is no raincore because, just like us, it wasn't funded. (laughs) That was great.
1: What's funny is when they're talking about the night when Fennec Shan is like, you're just paying for the name. And then he says something else. And she goes, it's just people in a mask. They're overrated. Yeah. She just yeah. like has all these comebacks.
0: Yep. Yeah. So from there, Boba Fett returns to Mosespa to talk to the mayor again, we get a lot of trendosians just hanging out and watching Boba Fett. And it makes me wonder if we're going to see some of those bounty hunters again, or if they're just leaning in on that, that character to, uh, uh just because the fam- familiarity we have uh with that species um yeah and he's what go yeah finish, go yeah finish,
1: no. talk about talking with the guy at the mayor's office because that's just so good
0: well before we get there just walking mosespa oh and gosh. uh and the scene the town i i just want to say that the use of the volume in this show is exceptional hmm Unlike like the Mandalorian where you can just tell like the, the horizon goes on forever. You know, there's a screen there with this. I'm like, did they build a village? I think they did. But at the same time, I don't know. There's some movie magic going on. And I just, I think it's exceptional.
1: Yeah. Well, that, I and I really also,
0: good, huh? Really good use of that technology.
1: Right. And it's also cool. Cause you you've learned, you know, there's Easter eggs hiding in there somewhere. Yeah. So you're just you're you're scanning the background every time you watch it because you almost miss the action because you're too busy looking in the background to find Easter eggs.
0: Mos Espa is different. We've never seen Mos Espa prior to this, right?
1: I don't think so.
0: Most Eisley is where the te- the the cantina is. right? Not to be confused with the Mos Atlanta cantina.
1: <laughs> but you, you're looking for characters and stuff, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like it's a little different. We've seen most most precisely in uh the Mandalorian. This is Mos Espa, which is a different place and it must be closer to Jabba's palace. Yeah. Or Boba's palace. So from there we go to the mayor. Boba just kind of barges in. Uh we meet Mayor M- Max which is a hammerhead. It's the hammerhead we've seen from the trailer voiced by Robert Rodriguez. Um the guy who plays the second in charge, the Twilek, he needs his own half hour comedy show. He's just fantastic.
1: He's a great actor. He was on uh, another show called Lodge 49 and he kind of plays the there's a he's a pharmacist or whatever. He runs a, a, a marijuana shop and he's just he plays the same character and, and as soon as I saw him the first episode, I'm like, I know that guy I've got to look him up because I couldn't place it
0: yeah. but
1: as soon as I looked it up. And I knew, who you know, and just he's it, yeah, he needs his own something because he, he's just he's so good that that yeah. character is going to be the one we all love to hate.
0: He's like eating up screen time, which is like you're standing in front of Boba Fett and this Twilight is just chewing the screen from him and, and stealing the show. And it's just like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so. Oh, and then let's also talk about Mayor Makshaiz. The name itself. A lot of people are posting that that it is Mayor McCheese from (laughs) McDonald's.
1: Now that I hear it pronounced, it's like, okay.
0: Yeah. Mayor McCheese, Mayor (laughs) (laughs) Makshaiz. So, I don't know. It's like, what's next? Grumpy? Was it Grumpus? Grumpy?
1: Oh, yeah. It's Grumpy or...
0: Yeah.
1: Are they going to... Yeah. (laughs) We'll have the Burger King.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then, uh, you know, like, are we going to get Ronal... McDonald. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what was that name of the McDonald's characters.
1: It was uh, Grumpus, or are you looking it up?
0: I'm looking it up real quick because purple. There's Ronald McDonald, McTonight, which is he was afterwards Grimace. Grimace, there it is, Grimace, the big purple dude. Yeah, Mac, Mac Tonight was that moon face guy right birdie the earlier bird hamburglar fry kid i don't know who david Hussey is. mcnuggets anyways um we learned that the assassin is night and the mayor tells um uh boba fett that night the assassins are not allowed to operate inside of hut space and they kill him right away he's treating boba as though he's still a bounty hunter and he's bringing a bounty to the mayor which i thought was an interesting dynamic uh, the Mayor asks Boba who really sent the assassins, so you know were the assassins just saying that the Mayor sent them as like a you know if you get captured, just say the Mayor sent you something like that to kind of disrupt the political structure in most espa the Mayor sends Boba to the sanctuary to learn a little bit more about what's going on um when we get into the 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 um the sanctuary and we see the the jessica beale twilight again you know there's some of the characters that there was one in particular there was a, a snaggletooth with like hair which was kind of interesting <laughs> and there was also that little bat creature who was kind of reaching up in, in the cantina the original movie to get a drink mm-hmm. he was yes. there as well so again more winks more easter eggs another wreck sighting and another max Rebo sighting yep um we learned that the twins have suddenly suddenly claimed Jabba's position. We heard drums.
1: What when you heard twins, did you go automatically go to like the Katana sisters or whatever? They're...
0: Yeah, Tanaka sisters. No, yeah, we didn't
1: that's where my my mind started going that way. And I I, I was like, why would they claim Jabba? And, and you find out it's just two freaking hunts.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I was trying to figure out. Who are the twins? I, I guess my mind was blank at that moment. I wasn't thinking of the Tonica sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was just new to me. I don't know. Yeah. But we do hear the drums from afar, just pounding as something gets closer. Kind of like the thumps, the the stomps in Jurassic Park as the T Rex approaches, announcing someone's presence. Um, we kind of cut outside as Boba Fett walks out, and we see uh, people carrying. And these guys are working overtime. Oh my god! Um, I
1: felt so bad for those guys.
0: They're carrying on a platform two huts. They're called the Twins. Um, I, I also wanted to mention. There's a quick shot outside of a wolf-like creature. <laughs> yes, which we've seen in Maz's Palace, and he's another character directly lifted from, uh, Ralph McQuarrie's art. We never see it from the front, but if you look at one of McQuarrie's early paintings of the Cantina. Um, There's like pillars and there was a wolf like creature standing, and we only see the backside. And that creature was the inspiration for this character. Are you talking about the one in the bikini? No, not that one. Oh, I didn't did you see not that. see the
1: wolf in the bikini?
0: No, I guess I have to go back.
1: <laughs> oh, oh my God. My wife even saw that where she was, she stopped. She's like, Is that wolf wearing a bikini?
0: Maybe it is. I didn't see the, I thought he was wearing nothing like a Wookiee.
1: No, there was a wolf in a bikini.
0: But, yeah, the, the twins come around the corner, and I, for a quick second, thought that the pink hut was Zero the Hut, but I forgot Zero was killed in the Clone Wars by Cy noodles.
1: I totally expected him to have a southern accent, too, and you kind of can <laughs> yeah, hear Yeah, put on them. the
0: accent for us. Do do a Zero impersonation, because <laughs> he's got a uh, Louisiana.
1: It, it's totally, Jesus I can't do it on call, but yes, he, he, he was like, yes, yeah, it's really hot out here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's really hot out here. Yeah, there you go. It, it, yeah. it, then I'm going to morph into South Park and then I'm going to morph into Bobby Hill, if <laughs> it, you know, depending on how it goes. But it's sort of like a combination of South yeah. Park and Bobby Hill and throwing in with a little bit of New Orleans. And Yeah, I you could hear it. The female hut when she talked, she had a little bit of the zero accent.
0: Yeah. It was cool. They looked incredible. I like the details, the um, the tattoos.
1: Yeah,
0: I thought it was a little uncomfortable that they were so close together. Oh, my
1: Gosh, yes.
0: I don't understand how uh, they could be carried. Java was never carried. Anyway, I don't know. Anyways, the the main question I had when I initially saw them: Why are they challenging Boba Fett? Why didn't they challenge Bib Fortuna? What has changed? What's going on? Yes. And uh, they threatened Boba Fett with black cur Santana. Wait, Ker Santan, curse Santan.
1: That big uh, ass Wookie,
0: big Wookiee, uh freaking Sasquatch. He's all black with some great details. Um, he's got sharp yellow eyes that just glare at you. They call him a gladiator. He's a bounty hunter, he premiered in Dark Vader number one. He worked with Boba Fett. Darth Vader hired Boba Fett and uh, Black Kur Santan to do uh, some dirty work for him. So that's where he initially comes from. Um, so there is some history there. Uh, the, the thing that I didn't like: um, the Wookiee has over his left eye a scar. Right. They don't. It's not really that noticeable in the show. I'm hoping he does appear in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and I'm hoping that Obi-Wan's the one that gives him the scar.
1: Wasn't that sort of how he got it, or that's what the rumor
0: was? It. I need yeah. to go back and look into it. That's where. Maybe what that's I'm... where. Maybe that's where I got the theory from. Yeah. Just not remembering that I know it, but but I know it.
1: Right. I, I'm looking forward to all the stuff that they're gonna fold into this.
0: Yeah. Um, Boba tells the twins that if they want Jabba's position, they need to kill Boba Fett.
1: Well, shit. Uh, hold on. He's in both. I'm thinking, mom, I'm sorry, my mind is like, well, Obi-Wan's going to give it to him, and it's going to be more precise, because in the comic book, that eye looks like it's blind, but Obi-Wan's dead at this point, so that wouldn't happen.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Wookiees lived for a couple hundred years, so. Right,
1: right, but we're thinking, I'm thinking at this point, because in the, in the book of Boba Fett, you don't see the scar very pronounced, like right. you do in the comic book, so I'm thinking we'll see him get it, like, pa- yeah. like in the future, not in the past.
0: We'll see it in the past. Right anyways um yeah boba tells the twins that if they want Jabba's position they need to kill him the twins reply that bloodshed is always bad for business they warn them to sleep lightly before the drums start pounding again and they're uh, turned around and they're taken back away from the scene the the shot in the um or the the scene in the alleyway i guess there's an incredible shot of i'm gonna say black k staring at boba fett he's just staring him down with those sharp bright yellow eyes and i thought that that shot gave me chills that that's an mm-hmm. iconic shot for me um it was it was an a plus plus shot whoever's doing that black Santan costume looks incredible and the presence that he carried in that one shot for me was just awesome very right. it, it was like that something's going down between these two
1: but I mean, I wouldn't doubt that him and Boba Fett have have a past. Yeah, they do. So, and yeah.
0: And Boba Fett walks back to the back to Pod where he goes to sleep, and then the rest of the episode is a flashback. I was waiting for uh, a shot back in the present. We never get that in this episode. Everything else is just stuff that's happened before. We see Tusken's combing the desert um, while the one with the dreadlock is training Boba Fett on how to use a gaffy stick. Boba Fett slowly improves. One of those frog-like creatures from Return of the Jedi, it was a quick shot from Return of the Jedi where he uses his tongue to snatch something, uh, probably a womp wrap, walking by. He um, emerges from the sand and the Tuskens Tuscans kill it. It's on top of a sand dune. And as they go to the top of the dune, they see a train coming. Um, this, uh, this scene brings some clarity to why in episode one the Tuskens shoot the pod racers. It's because it's their land and these pod racers are intruding. Uh, there's no respect there for Tuscans and what what area is theirs. So they're just defending their property, basically, um, and nobody's respecting them. So that just brought that to light. So I thought I would share that. But right. um, this is their territory. The train is trespassing. The train shoots a bunch of the Tuscans as it passes, as it speeds through the desert. Uh, Bubba doesn't like this, so he decides to do something about that. At night, he sees a biker gang racing through the desert, and he gets an idea. Um, he travels to Tashi Station to pick up some swoop bikes. <laughs> yeah, the, the Tuscans give him a, a rifle and a, uh, a gaffy stick to to take care of whatever he needs. Well, a training of. gaffy stick.
1: It's not even a real gaffy stick yet.
0: Right, right. True. He hasn't earned his uh, gaffy stick yet. So, for those that uh, might not be aware, this scene is directly from A New Hope. It was cut, it was part of this. One of the, the criticisms that George Lucas had uh, with uh, THX, and I think to some extent American Graffiti, is that his main characters were lonely and had no friends. So to counter that, at the start of A New Hope, he added Cammy and Fixer and then some scenes with Big Star Glider to show that Luke does have some friends. And this all took place during the entire Star Destroyer, Princess Leia, you know, the classic stuff with the droids getting the the Death Star plans and and, um, uh, using the escape pod to get to Tatooine. Like, as that's going on, there was a scene in A New Hope with Cammy and Fixer at Tashi Station, and they're just hanging out. And it's just to show that Luke has some friends. It really doesn't matter because, in the end, Luke does earn some friends. He's friends with Princess Leia and c 3 po or R2-D2. You know, you've seen the movie. But anyways, these guys... um, they act like they're from the Sons of Anarchy. They're definitely a biker gang. <laughs> they've got leather jackets on. They've got their logos on the back of the uh, their jackets. Um, there's an awesome shot of Boba Fett entering the place as the, the biker gang starts to rough Cami and fix her up. Uh, the door opens, and we see Boba Fett's silhouette on the back wall. Um, Boba Fett handles this gang. He proves that he's capable. He still has. The, he's still dangerous, despite being trapped in the, for, uh, the forest, uh, the desert. Um, I love Tomorrow's acting in this scene. He's got such intensity. Um, he conveys that he's a dangerous person and not somebody to mess with in a fight.
1: Yeah, I. I enjoyed it, but it just kind of felt. I don't. I don't know. It was. Um... You know, he kicked everybody's butt, and then he took a drink and walked out. And then, and then I'm looking at it, going, "What's going to happen when they all wake up?" Because he didn't really clean. You know, he saved everybody, but he left the bodies there.
0: Yeah, you're overthinking it.
1: I am overthinking it. I Maybe
0: guess. he killed them. Yeah, I mean, he shot a couple straight up. Yeah,
1: I, I I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I I
0: yeah. It was a fun I en- scene. I enjoyed seeing Cammy and Fixer. Uh, as part of canon now i guess not not a deleted scene there there and they've met you know whether they know it or not they've met two uh legends of the universe boba fett and luke skywalker
1: yeah i am curious well you know people that are seeing him without his armor aren't have no clue who he is
0: right i know that yeah um but we I, we know this too
1: yeah yeah I, and i i was also hoping that they would like pronounce their names like say fixer don't do that you know and oh cammy i've got this yeah you know, but it it that I stopped it when I rewatched it with with Mandy. I actually stopped it, and I'm like, "This is how big of a nerd uh, Dave Filoni is." He picked a scene that was deleted out of a New Hope and made it put it in his show.
0: How awesome would it have been to have George Lucas be the bartender of Talking Station?
1: <laughs> that would have been great. It would have been it great. Been
0: incredible. Oh well. Uh, Boba returns the next morning as he promised with the Tuscan Raider to the Tuscan Raiders with the speeder bikes. We get a whole montage scene of Boba training the Tuskins on how to ride the we speeder bike. We get a montage. Yeah. it's fairly entertaining. You know, the first Tuscan goes to sit on the, the speeder bike and he, he takes off in reverse. Um, the Tuskins try jumping from one speeder to another. They're practicing for the eventual takeover of the train that speeds through the desert. And so after that montage what uh,
1: yeah this is, that was probably my biggest um gripe with this series so far it just feels to me like we've seen this all before uh and i don't know if it's you know we're finally seeing it in the star wars universe or, yeah you know so get it, to that. it just it's like ah
0: i feel so. similar And I'll get to that at the end. I got a lot of feelings about that. All right, well,
1: let's, I'll save it to the end too. Okay. We can great.
0: So Boba is training again with the Tusken. He's doing a lot better. And the train comes over the horizon. This is it. Everyone takes their positions. Some seek shelter. Others offer guns while we get the main crew getting on their speeders and chasing after the train. We learn that the train is filled with pikes, who is one of the crime syndicates. That was so awesome. Yeah, We've seen them in Solo, Star Wars Story, Clone Wars, comic books, and now here. They seemed a lot more dangerous in other uh, media than they do in the show. Mm-hmm. They're ruthless. And I would have expected them to blow up the train. And well, they're also dedicated to their, their material. They would never blow up spice, I guess. So whatever. Right. Tusken snipers are taking out some from afar. While others are jumping on the train, um, Bubba jumps on the train with another Tuscan as his speeder blows up. Uh, they jump from the train to train as they make their way forward. Uh, if you notice, the music here is from Solo, A Star Wars Story. It's that music that I was hinting at. Not hinting at. I was talking about at the end of the credits. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not sure if this is the Crimson Dawn theme or if they're using it to uh, show crime syndicate theme. You know, I'm not sure where this is leading to, which makes me kind of question my theory of last week about Crimson Dawn being a a character in this story here. But it is music from Solo Star Wars Story. The conductor droid is speeding things up and trying to knock the gang off the train. Boba eventually gets to the engine room where the conductor makes a jump for it. They crash the train. They take supplies from it. The pikes are running. We learn that the pikes are running spice through Tatooine, spice that they got from Kessel. Uh, As we've seen from Solo Star Wars Story, uh, the Pikes are instructed to walk single file through the desert to Anchorhead to follow the high sun.
1: Now, did this whole, especially when Boba is running and when he gets into the uh, conductor or you see the conductor or whatever, this whole scene, I got a Back to the Future 3 vibe for some reason. (laughs) Maybe just because... That's what they did in Back to the Future 3. So that's where my mind went. And that's the one movie that sticks out in my head that has yeah. a, a, a train scene like this.
0: Yeah, I went to solo a Star Wars story.
1: I, I felt that scene. too. I felt that too. But it was like with them speeding the train up.
0: And then the the scene in The Mandalorian Season 2 with Migs Mayfield when they are running the train to get the information. No, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, but they, they attack a similar train... Uh, Convoy,
0: yeah, they, they attack a convoy, so that that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, I thought it was cool, yeah, I thought it was a good scene. Um, Boba Fett is trying to earn respect of the Tuskins, he's trying to earn the respect from the Pikes, he's you know, promising them that they'll live uh, as long as they don't do anything nefarious and just stay out of the dune sea. But it makes me wonder, you know, like are the Pikes moving into Tatooine after Jabba's death, and, and or had the Pikes been doing this the entire time? running it's, spice
1: it's sounds like they've been doing it for a while so i would assume they've maybe just been doing it and just staying out of Jabba's way or staying out of his uh way or staying out of where he knows stuff you know
0: maybe this is part of Jabba's operation maybe maybe they're working with crimson dawn i don't know I'm
1: i have a feeling spice. that it, the, it we're gonna have a whole ton like just like, like with Haw- hawkeye they're going to solve a lot of stuff in the last episode and they're going to do hopefully do a good job with it as they did with Hawkeye.
0: Um, As a gift for his work with the train, the Tuskins give Boba Fett a vision quest. They give him a lizard that goes up his nose. It's kind of like a partner in his brain to let him know what he's dealing with. Um, Boba Fett finds himself wandering the desert at, at night. We see a tree. Where does the tree come from in the desert? We're not sure. Is the tree real? We're not sure. The sand turns into waves. We see red eyes kind of looking at them. There's hints from the end credits with some of the uh, uh, production work, production artwork that those are eyes of Jawas. You can kind of hear the Jawas talking, whispering um, as he sees it. He's tangled up in the tree. We're flashed back to him being tangled up in the Sarlacc. I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to come up with a reason why we're seeing that imagery, because there are some flashbacks of, of baby, not baby, but young Boba Fett watching Jango Fett take off on Camino. Yeah. And I'm like, is he tangled up in his past? Can he not escape his past as a clone uh, from the history of what happened in the universe? Is he trying to outdo that? Like, Does he want to be more than a body hunter, but he just feels tangled up in that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just going. This is kind of makes up for the crappy way that he escaped the Sarlacc pit in the first episode. At least we're going back and seeing a little bit more of it.
0: That's- um, he brings the branch back to the Tuscans. Uh, and this must be a trial that every Tuscan must take uh, to, um, I guess, move into manhood, so to speak. He's clothed in the way of the Tuscans. It's been a while since we've seen. It's been a while since I've seen a scene like this. And I think there's a scene like it in Dances with Wolves. huh. But I believe that it was, I think it was pulled from that. Just like there was a scene with the Tuscans running down the hill towards the train. I can't remember if it was in the episode, but there's artwork and it's directly lifted from Lawrence of Arabia. And the whole train disaster thing is from Lawrence of Arabia. So, you know, we'll get to it again, but the familiarity we've seen it before kind of argument kind of stands out there. Right. Uh, dressed like a Tuscan, Boba is taken to a woodworking station which is pulled directly from a Ralph McQuarrie art. There's the fuselage maybe or the, the rib cage of a ship. It's kind of protruding out from the ground. It's curved. Um, go check it out. There's artwork just like it. I'm sure it's on your Facebook feed at some point this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, here he makes his gaffy stick. It must be something every warrior must do. They must make their own weapon. Uh, must be a part of them or something like that from there. We're taken to the Tuscans around a fire pit at night and they do a ritual dance where they display their moves with the gaffy stick. Um, you know, I'm wondering if some of Tamora's heritage was used in the scene because uh, I think, I think some of some of that cultural stuff is, is been incorporated into the show. And again, this is more imagery ripped from early Ralph McQuarrie art with Tuscans standing around a fire. It was never used in the movie, obviously, but, um, they've obviously used it here. Yeah. And then we cut to the credits. Yeah.
1: I definitely think Tamara Morrison's uh, uh, lineage or whatever his culture is, is brought in and is helping yeah. him out on this scene. And uh, it's I think it's even, I didn't really do it in Jan- when he played Django, but definitely now that he's playing Bubba, it's, it's, it's come forefront to the forefront.
0: Yeah. I mean, before it was not his story as Django Fett, or mm-hmm. even as Boba Fett, it was Luke and Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker's story. So now that the the focus is on him, they're able to fold in some of that right. background stuff. You know, John Favreau has written the first two episodes of this seven season, seven episode season, and he's a fan of structure. So we've seen in Mando season one and two that things come together in the end. And I would expect the same to happen here in the book of Boba Fett. Right. Uh, these are essentially just seven hour movies. Uh, no matter what happens, I expect them to team up in the modern time with the Tuscans or to leverage that that relationship for help somebody can depend on, uh, somebody who's earned, he's earned their respect. And so when they need help, they'll probably come and help them.
1: Right. Because I don't think it's been that long. I think it's only been a few years, if that.
0: Yeah. Which is part of the problem, like you were saying before, because here, I'll get into it. We've seen this so many times with Lawrence of Arabia, with Dances with Wolves, with Dune uh, to some extent, which inspired Star Wars: A New Hope, um, I think this is part of the reason why Avatar is tough to rewatch, because mm-hmm. with all the dazzling vis- visuals, the structure, the story itself is something we've seen a thousand times, um, and it's not something I'm interested in seeing. the The one person who goes in and saves the tribe. I don't know. I just I've seen it before. Why Why do it again?
1: Right. I I a thousand percent agree. I I'm enjoying it. But I'm wishing, I don't, I don't know what where do I want to see Boba Fett. Part of me wants to see what's going on modern day. Yes. But then I also want to see what's going on in his past, but I don't want to see what happened four years ago. I want to see what happened 20 years ago. I want to see after Empire, well, obviously, oh well, shit, never mind. I'm debating myself. I said after Empire <laughs> Strikes Back, but that's what I'm seeing. I wanna see like in between, you know. Or before he gets on solo, between uh, actually between a new hope and uh Empire, yeah, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to, and then maybe see after he gets on captures on solo, you know, see yeah. what happens there, yeah, not see what happens exactly after he got out of the Sarlacc pit. Which, with them hitting Camino, I think we're going to see a lot more of the young Boba Fett.
0: I'm not know. sure that. We I, will because they don't have the budget to de-age Daniel Logan.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: That's gonna take a lot of money.
1: Or maybe just do Daniel. well, I think we would have heard something from Daniel Logan if he'd be in this more than what he is. I mean, because you could almost do Daniel Logan as he no, oh, cause he'd be totally different, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't and
0: well, you're talking about debating yourself and contradicting yourself.
1: I really am.
0: I struggle with it because Star Wars is an amalgamation of Multiple materials. I mean, it was heavily inspired from samurai movies, right? And Dune, uh, Mandalorian's relationship with Grogu seems something out of Lone Wolf and Cub, which is a comic book and an anime about, you know, a samurai and a child, and they kind of learn from each other. It was easier when we were younger to watch these movies <laughs> because we weren't exposed to everything that came before it. So, you know, I'm sure someone just watching Boba Fett, someone young and watching the book of Boba Fett, they haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia. Or Dune, or mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves, so it's all new to them. But for us, it's just the water is getting cloudier and less clean, right? You know, you don't have your your clean puddle for Star Wars and your clean puddle for I don't know whatever you know Ghostbusters. You know, you're starting to see the things that inspired it. You're starting to see the same stories over and over again. The Force Awakens was much a rehash of of A New Hope, and my son likes The Force Awakens more than A New Hope, but he didn't live with it for. 40 years before seeing no well, I guess I was I guess it was like I was closer to 35 but anyways right. you know what I'm saying like yeah everything starts blending together as we get older and it's just like all right I've been there done that. let's see something new
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that's part of the reason why I'm struggling with the show I'm enjoying it don't get me wrong oh yeah but not as much as I anticipated because I think I don't like the non-linear storytelling
1: mm-hmm
0: I think I like the modern stuff, as I've mentioned before. And the the past stuff is, again, the rehash stuff. So, but I'm sure it's going to be important later on in the story.
1: It, it has to be because there's they wouldn't be showing us this if it wouldn't be. But I, I they're also trying to, you know, they got like this razor thin line that they're trying to tote and, and make everybody happy. And, and you're never going to make everybody happy.
0: The other problem that I'm having is that Boba Fett has been a ruthless bounty hunter for, you know, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Someone that Darth Vader had to take aside and be like, hey, look, no disintegrations, man. Just bring it, bring back my bounty. Right. So in season two of Mandalorian, we are seeing Boba Fett be ruthless in uh, the tragedy. And then when he gets his armor back, he was pretty brutal to the stormtroopers. And that's why I'm struggling. Like, why not just kill the Tuscans like that and move on? The Boba the Boba Fett in my head cannon would do that. The Boba Fett that we saw at Tashi Station did that. So I'm just going back and forth. It's just I guess I'm struggling with the show. I'm enjoying it, right? But I guess I was expecting more.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, and then I've got a big issue being a bald guy. I keep going. Why can't they give him something to cover his damn head? yeah <laughs> even when he gets something to cover his head he takes it off immediately and i'm like dude your head must be killing you
0: well maybe uh, those suns don't emit uv rays
1: yeah i don't know because <laughs> he's not
0: that sweaty either
1: right but uh not yeah. was
0: luke though now that i think about it what luke skywalker wasn't that sweaty in a new hope
1: no i don't know maybe you're right i don't know it, um yeah i'm in the same boat i'm enjoying it I just, I wanted more from it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to sit back and enjoy it and be like, all right, it's going to be a slow burn. We've got seven episodes. Now we've got five left. And I do know that they have, you know, Dave Filoni can pack a lot and Jim Favreau can pack a lot into a, a 45 minute episode if they want to. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's, it's got to speed up because you still legitimately think about it. He's got to find Finnick. He's got to find the ship. He's got to find Cobb Vant. Are we going to see all that again? Or Are we going to jump to it? What's going to happen? I mean, I kind of want to see it, but I don't want to, I didn't want a season of seeing it. I wanted like an episode or two. Right. You know, if, if they handle all this in the next episode, I'll be cool with it. Or if they jump ahead or jump back or do, some, give me something else to watch. Uh, you know, I'll be all right. But yeah, I, I don't know. And I think I'm also having issues because you're not seeing him in the armor.
0: Yeah. Well, that I think where episode two is left off with the Tuskins, uh-huh. that's all he's got left. I mean, he, that's what he looks like in uh, at the end of. Um, although, wait, what if, what if the Pikes come back for revenge, mm-hmm. and they kill all the Tuskins and leave Boba Fett, and that that causes Boba Fett to go look for his armor and to seek revenge against the Pikes, and maybe that's the whole reason for the power. Maybe push him out.
1: I don't know. I don't it's know, an but I think thought.
0: I feel like that's all that's left at this point. You know, he's dressed as we saw him at the season premiere of season two of the Mandalorian looking for his armor. You know, I think we're pretty close to that point.
1: Right. I mean, I think what's going to happen next. He's going to find Finnick and then he's got to refix her and then they've got to start their relationship that's and then he's got to find
0: huh. That's true, too.
1: And then he's got to find Cobb Vant, but you know we'll see him get his armor. No, because Cobb Vant finds the Mandalorian, and then that's how he gets his armor back. So yeah. I have a feeling that we'll there's gonna we're gonna see a little bit of the Mandalorian in this season, but or but or this show, but it's gonna be like Back to the Future 2 where you like see it behind him or something or, or you know you see it from a third-person view that it's a scene <laughs> maybe you'll see it from Phoenix eyes or something I don't know yeah. but I have a feeling we're gonna see that the, that scene act at from some act act out from somebody that. else's eyes
0: I didn't think about that at all that'd be cool uh, so yeah um the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, figure watch because we are a star Wars collecting podcast. Let's talk about figures that Hasbro could make based on oh the gosh. book of Boba Fett. What?
1: No, you're right. That, yeah. So,
0: so I think like Boba Fett from Tashi Station would make a great figure. Mach mm-hmm. Shayes. I mean, I'm looking for regular Hammerhead from the Cantina to be in the Black Series. Um, I'd be okay with Vintage Collection or Black Series M- Mayor Mock Shayes. Right. 88. The torture droid from Return of the Jedi. Um, I mean, Hasbro could repackage that as Return of the Jedi and or the Book of Boba Fett. So did there's two make, figures right there for you.
1: Yeah. Did they make a Black Series? No, they didn't.
0: No. And that's one figure that they did make in the vintage run and with the original 92 figures that or 96 figures that Hasbro is kind of promising that they'll do, eventually they'll make that figure. Right. Um, but that would be like a good exclusive celebration repack, I guess, maybe to uh, throw that on a Book of Boba Fett card. Right. A new Gamorrean without the armor. Yeah. It'd be re- real easy to repack Rex, the the dealer droid, I guess, because they've already made it. It's right up, you know, Hasbro's alley. I, do I need that? No, I don't.
1: <laughs> She's just going to be tan instead of orange.
0: Uh, yeah. So we'll see. I, the yeah. twins? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. You're I was gonna say they could package, do like a big super pack or something.
0: Yeah. The twins, probably as vintage collection. Um, because of the lack of interest with the raincore, I just think that they should just stick to people or creatures hmm. or aliens in, in Black Series. They probably shouldn't do like the twins uh Black Series. That's collection. gonna
1: be an, that's gonna be a really expensive piece. So yeah, I can yeah. see them not wanting to do it.
0: Yeah. So uh, vintage collection twins, you know, maybe w- with their platform. What do they call those things?
1: I don't remember. I don't remember either. But could you imagine? You'd need like what? They had like 20 people holding them. That? Yeah.
0: That'd be a lot. So maybe <laughs> they won't do the twins because of that. Unless they show up again without that platform. Yeah. Um, Black Kersantan. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got to make him. Slam dunk vintage collection and black series. You sculpt it once, you scale it up. Or scale it down, you've right. got yourself a good figure there. Uh the, the Tuskens, I mean, the chieftain, maybe that warrior that's training Boba Fett—they gotta uh, make her. Yeah, the child with a massive—I think that would be worth. That'll him.
1: be a cool two-pack.
0: Yeah. Um, we didn't mention this in the first episode. You can see the lips moving through the mask of the child. Okay. I don't think that was on purpose. And then finally, the last figure I thought would just be a fun figure is a bloated bib for tuna.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, you know, they didn't include the cane with the uh, the current vintage collection figure, the, the one that came with the vintage figure. Uh-huh. But in the Book of Boba Fett, he does have that cane. So it'd be cool to make a bloated bib and include that cane, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But those are the figures that I had for figure watch. I'll try to continue doing that throughout the, uh, the season here. Yeah.
1: I, I'm trying to think if I, yeah, I, I that you're right. I don't know if they do, they, they got, they could do the speeder bikes, but I think they they've definitely got to do those Jawas, those jaw, not the Jawas, the sand people. Cause those are just, yeah. those are some badass sand people. And I think they did a good job of saying, you know, why these are sand people that we hadn't seen before. Cause he's like, there's so many different tribes. They explained yep. the, all the different tribes, uh, so maybe, they'll. God, I don't want to see Boba Fett bringing the sand people together, but that's where they're going.
0: Yeah, I don't see. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where they're going with this. I don't see them making pikes just because that didn't sell that well in the, the mm-hmm. solo movie.
1: It was so, cool seeing the pikes without the mask on, though.
0: Yeah, but that's not I don't know. They kind of seem different in Bad Batch and Clone Wars.
1: It could be because what you're seeing in Mando, I mean, Book of Boba is like the 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 army guys, the you know the 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 privates and the the lower guys, and then when you get into Solo, you're seeing the people who have the money and have the uh, the wealth and stuff and the seniority to, and they so they're a little bit fatter, they've got more cloaks or more armor or whatever to wear. So I think that's the difference that you're seeing.
0: Maybe, but yeah, I just don't see Hasbro making that figure, though. No. Although it'd be cool to get like the leader, but we'll see what you know what more we get in the show because maybe there's a pike that does stand out more than others and is is worth getting a figure. I don't know.
1: Right. Well, you know, we'll wait. We can see in two years. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's it. I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, my thing that bugs me is put a freaking hat on Tamora Morrison so he doesn't burn that bald head of his. Uh, I did read something, you know, it It seems like his helmet is coming off way too much, but I think that was sort of, I read something on Facebook this morning that it kind of just happened because Tamora Morrison is on Behind the Slave 1 in uh, Mandalorian and kind of looks at the director and is like, do I have to wear this thing right now? I'm flying yeah. a ship. And they were like, oh, no, you can take it off. And it just sort of something that happened naturally, yeah. and uh, it's just like with Finnick. My wife's like, "Where's Finnick's helmet?" You know, and I'm thinking they paid too much money for her to wear a helmet all the time.
0: Yeah, um, that's one problem I have. For example, with Spider Man Three, everyone's taking off their mask to speak at the end of that movie. You know, Venom is pulling back his. His symbiote to speak to Spider Man. Spider Man's taking off his mask to talk, and then he puts it back on, and then he does some action, and then he takes it off to talk. Yeah. And I heard um, way back when, when Ben Affleck was Daredevil, you know, that the studio was very hard on the filmmakers. John Favreau was in that movie. They're like, yeah. we're paying for Ben Affleck. Why are we going to mask him? Right. But it's like, well, it's a Daredevil movie. You have to wear a mask. So it's kind of the same thing. You know, you have Tomor Morrison why and you know with the mandalorian i don't think he was pedro pascal was in season one all that much i think they had somebody else and he just came in and did voiceover work
1: yeah i i truthfully i and that's why because there's a there's a famous scene with him and all the 501st and he's got his mask on the mandalorian it's like everybody's like oh he even keeps his mask on and in pictures it's like no because that's not pedro pascal
0: right that's That's a stuntman stuntman Um, so i mean it is a common problem with movies in general when they unmask and i don't know this is a different boba fett yeah from empire strikes back
1: well even the comic books because there's one comic book where they said something about him taking his helmet off and he's like well this is my face
0: right right this is my face
1: yeah and he wouldn't even eat or drink in front of people so that you know people wouldn't see what he looked like yeah so I mean I've got, and it, it's hard to be a Star Wars nerd. So I've just kind of got to let that go. It, it, and I'm like it's because they paid too much for Tamora Morrison, and that people want to see his face. They want to see, you know, what's going on with him. But right, and it does feel like if he has a point to make, he takes his mask off, and he'll talk. And then if he's got a, or hold on, if he wants to be menacing, he leaves his mask on, leaves the bucket on. But if he wants to make a point, he'll take it off, or you know, be. Because like with the with the mayor, I don't think he took his helmet off. And, but then when he goes talk to the the lady that runs the brothel or the whatever the bar, he takes his helmet off. And then when he's talking to the huts, he has his helmet on. And then five as, as soon as they leave, when he's talking to Finnick, he takes his helmet off. Right. So it, you, I just kind of got to suspend reality and enjoy the show.
0: I agree. Yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to the smugglers galaxy podcast. If you could please leave a like and review of a show of the show, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, Spotify does this now, Apple podcasts. It really helps algorithms uh, uh, point people to our show. So we appreciate that. Um, we appreciate you listening to us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you to Alfonso Riviera for the smugglers galaxy logo. Thank you to Levi waterhouse for the music. Be a positive force in the collecting community. This is the way. This is the way.